BridgeBank helps breakthrough ideas actually break through and remains dedicated to providing financial solutions to those committed to leveraging innovation to make the world a better place. BridgeBank, a division of Western Alliance Bank. BridgeBank. Be bold. Venture wisely. Hi there. I'm Randa Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. This is the California Report. Good morning. I'm Lily Jamali. San Francisco is the latest city that's been forced to pause COVID vaccinations at major hubs due to a lack of doses. Mayor London Breed announced that vaccinations will be paused for now at Moscone Center and at City College of San Francisco. City officials say the City College site will likely reopen later this week for people looking to get a second dose. The city of Los Angeles had to close its vaccination sites due to supply shortages and San Diego County had the same issues, forcing it to reschedule a number of appointments. Meanwhile, in the Central Valley, reaction to Governor Gavin Newsom's recent visit there has been mixed. The governor announced that a federally supported mass COVID-19 vaccination site would be coming to the region, but he has yet to provide the details. From Fresno, the California Report's Alex Hall finds that officials there say they need more than just a site to administer vaccines. They need more of the vaccine itself. There's a community center in the remote, unincorporated town of Lanier, a half hour's drive south of Fresno that's become a rural hub since the pandemic started. Residents drive down poorly maintained roads through miles of farmland to get here for food distribution, COVID tests, and now vaccine. Okay, Table set up at the edge of the parking lot, a man in a flannel shirt pulls out an employer-provided ID, showing he works at a nearby farm. This all came together as of Monday. Veronica Garibay, co-executive director of Leadership Council for Justice and Accountability, says even with the short notice, all 400 appointments for residents 65 and older and food and ag workers of any age filled up. We have gotten so many calls of people frustrated, unable to access, don't know where to go. Um, There are no appointments, or if there are, I don't have a way to get there. I don't have transportation. Events like this are part of an effort to vaccinate communities throughout the Central Valley who live in rural areas. Last week, Governor Newsom said a mass vaccination site in partnership with the federal government would be coming to the Central Valley after similar sites were announced in Oakland and L.A. But two days later, during a visit to Fresno that many expected to be the unveiling of a location, the governor stopped short of laying out specifics. We are committed to working with the Biden administration to land on a date because I know you want a date for when we have a mass vaccination site here in the valley and a location. When we have that information, I'll provide it. When asked about the site, spokespeople for FEMA and Cal OES said the federal government has not approved a site in the Central Valley, although conversations with the Biden administration are ongoing. Coming is fine. I'd just rather him come and tell us, hey, we can get you more vaccine. 
I'd be more happy with that because that's really where we're at. Fresno County Supervisor Buddy Mendez says he thinks the governor overpromised when he announced the mass site and that what the valley needs isn't necessarily more infrastructure. It's the vaccine. Where do we need vaccine? We need it out in the rural areas and in the smaller towns. So of mass vaccination sites, that's not going to, that's, that's just a big dog and pony show. We have the ability to get the vaccine out. We just need vaccine. It really doesn't help our people. You have to remember people don't have cars. People don't have money for gas. Freddie Valdez is mayor of Firebaugh, a small town in West Fresno County. 45 miles, if you don't have a car, how do you get there? You have to take public transportation. You have to rely on the rural county transit. Now, is he going to provide extra transit tokens? Is he going to provide time off of work for individuals to spend half a day going to Fresno, getting vaccine and coming back? On Friday, county health officials said they had not received further updates on the plans for a mass vaccination site in the Central Valley. But this week, Fresno County will get 18,000 doses of the vaccine, a welcome increase from the 8,000 or so doses the county had received in prior weeks. And local officials are hoping the boost in supply sticks. For The California Report, I'm Alex Hall in Fresno. Well, at the end of 2020, the state's unemployment agency froze almost a million and a half accounts in an attempt to prevent fraud. Starting today, some of those account holders could have their claims disqualified, even if their applications are legitimate. The California Report's Mary Franklin Harvin explains why. Late last week, the Employment Development Department confirmed that less than 400,000 of the 1.4 million frozen claims have been verified. Verified means applicants have provided EDD with information to confirm their identities. So right now, there are up to a million claims still in limbo. And EDD says they're all subject to disqualification starting today. But just because EDD doesn't have that verification information doesn't mean people haven't been trying to get through. The main platform EDD uses to collect ID info has notoriously long wait times, and EDD even extended the length of the time these applicants had to verify their identities in acknowledgement of those delays. Of the applicants who received verification notices via their unemployment insurance online accounts, EDD says about half haven't even opened the messages. That's no surprise to Amos Lim of Chinese for Affirmative Action, who says some of his clients aren't even aware that they have an inbox attached to their accounts. They'll call him when their payments stop. Then he'll get their permission to log back in to check their account and then find out that, oh, you have 20 emails that you haven't read yet. And then you start reading the email, explaining to them what's happening and then. You know, they're going, why did anybody tell me? EDD has said it is also texting applicants to encourage them to verify. But people can have trouble with these links if they don't have a smartphone. For people who were part of the big account freeze, who worry they may be at risk of disqualification, Daniela Urban, founder of the Center for Workers' Rights, suggests mailing or faxing acceptable identity documents to EDD as soon as possible to at least allow them to say that they have substantially complied with the request for identity verification, even though they didn't comply through the method that EDD was requesting. Applicants can find a list of which ID documents EDD accepts on the agency's website. Those who are disqualified will have appeal rights. For The California Report, I'm Mary Franklin Harbin. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. 
Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. The campaign to recall Governor Gavin Newsom has another month to collect the million and a half valid signatures required to trigger an election. If they get their way, the election would take place this fall. Big business in California has had its issues with Governor Newsom, from his coronavirus regulations to his signing of worker-friendly laws. But on the recall, big business is sitting this one out so far. KQED's Guy Marzarati has been looking into this. Good morning. Hey, Lily. Hey, Guy. So given the issues that businesses have had with Governor Newsom, are they expected to get behind the recall push? The answer is no, not yet. And that's really because of the inherent cautiousness of big business as they deal with California politics. Look, the political strategists that I've talked to that, you know, deal with corporations, they say a few things are holding businesses back at this point. Number one is Newsom is still the odds on favorite to keep his job, even if this recall event happens. And businesses Mm -hmm. do not want to get on the wrong side of the current and, you know, perhaps future governor. The other thing is this recall election, most likely, if it happens, would happen in the fall. That's after the deadline for the governor to sign bills. So if you know, businesses have specific legislation going before the governor. They're probably not going to want to start donating to a recall campaign against them before that. <laughs> and then the last thing is just the alternative. You know, businesses at this point don't really know for sure who would be an alternative to Newsom. It's kind of as one strategist told me, they want to deal with the devil they know. Interesting. Well, certainly some contenders, some of them uh, fairly well known, have already come forward from the Republican side of the aisle. We still have a month left to go before a recall uh, would, would calcify. What might cause big business to get behind the recall? Well, I think if the, the 2003 recall of Gray Davis is any guide, big business might not get involved, they might not leave the governor's side until the governor leaves office. Looking through the filings, campaign filings in 2003, it was really interesting. Corporations actually stuck with Davis all the way to the end. Companies like Chevron, Genentech, HP, Intel, they only gave to Schwarzenegger in the weeks after he won the election, basically helping him pay back these loans that uh, Schwarzenegger had taken out during the campaign. Other companies like AT&T, Mercury General Insurance, they gave to Davis during the campaign and then had no problem turning around and giving to Schwarzenegger in the weeks after he won. So it might take that long for business to leave Newsom's side. They make new friends pretty quickly (laughs) over there in corporate California. Without corporate money at the front end of their campaign, how would the campaign against Newsom be funded? I think at this point, it would be looking for an individual to bring their own wealth into the game, similar to the way in 2003, Congressman Darrell Issa, you know, dumped more than a million dollars to get the recall uh, on the ballot. And for that, you might look towards Silicon Valley. We've already seen some venture capitalists, Chamath Palihapitiya, David Sachs, both become top donors to the recall effort. And you might see a single exec, a single entrepreneur throw their own individual fortune in, perhaps if they want to become governor. It'll be interesting because in 2018, when Newsom ran, he was really able to win over a lot of Silicon Valley donors, even folks who had supported Schwarzenegger, Meg Whitman, Neil Kashkari in the past. 
it'll be interesting to see if those same donors might break from the governor in the future. And one of the people you mentioned there, tech investor Chamath Palihapitiya, has indeed been speculated about as running for governor, but it sounds like he's uh, sort of pulling away from that idea at this point. Right. I think that was just a kind of a brief flirtation. Uh, I'm not sure he's ready for it at this point. <laughs> All right. Guy Marzarati, thank you so much. Thanks, Lily. And that is the California Report for this Monday, February 15th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm Lily Jamali. Thanks for listening and have a very happy President's Day. Support for the California Report comes from Hint. Fruit-infused water in over 25 flavors. No sweeteners, no calories. In stores or delivered from drinkhint.com. Hint. Water with a touch of true fruit flavor. Eric and Wendy Schmidt whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Ocean Institute, working to advance the frontiers of ocean research, sharing the connection between life on land and life at sea with everyone everywhere. And Stanford Medicine, protecting your health and providing dependable care with safe in-person appointments and video visits. StanfordHealthCare.org slash AdaptingCare. Hi, I'm Sasha Koka, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member. You get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? It's history, it's people, it's unique blend of cultures. Then you should check out the Bay Curious book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on the Bay Curious podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get the Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading!